A political commentator in Fiji says it's crucial all parties competing in the upcoming election respect the final outcome. Shailendra Singh is the head of the University of the South Pacific's journalism program. Dr Singh says Fiji is not yet a fully-fledged democracy and it is still recovering from the impacts of the 2006 coup, the country's fourth since gaining independence 52 years ago. He says Fiji's transition from authoritarianism to greater democracy is an ongoing process. Nisambulivinaka, Dr. Singh, thank you for taking the time to speak with us today on Pacific Waves. All elections are important, but this upcoming one you say is particularly so for Fiji. What do you mean by that? Agreed, Koroi, that all elections are important. This one is equally important, if not more so, for Fiji. The reason being it's Fiji's third elections under its fourth constitution since 1970, only since 1970. See, we gained our independence in October 1970, and since then, we have been through four different constitutions. So that is, in a way, indicative of the kind of problems, political problems, that Fiji has faced since independence. Um, So this election is really, really crucial. I mean, all elections are important. This one is arguably more so than perhaps any other recent elections. Now, the thing is, whoever wins, regardless of who wins the election, what is really most important for Fiji is a smooth transition. Uh, This is really crucial for the sake of continuity and stability. Uh, You know, because of its school culture, Fiji can be considered a transitional democracy. You have to remember that Fiji is a transitional democracy. It is not a fully-fledged democracy as yet. As you know, we had our fourth coup only in 2006. And in a way, we are still recovering from the effects of that coup. Now, we've had three elections since 2006, which is quite impressive. But as I was saying, we are not a fully matured democracy as yet. Now, Fiji's transition uh, from authoritarianism to greater democracy is still an ongoing process. So it is really important anyone, everyone accepts the election results. The reason being simply because, you know, any stalemate or instability could be very damaging. I'll tell you what's at stake. Any stalemate or instability will undo all the achievements since 2006. You know, all those painstaking achievements we've made since 2006. Uh, now, there are also wider implications given that Fiji is a major country in our region. So any instability in Fiji is not good for the region as a whole. One of the biggest questions we're hearing locally in Fiji, but also in other partner countries, is the election date. Are you able to shed any light on this? (laughs) Yeah, that's correct, Koroi. The election date is still a mystery in the country. Uh, With time running out, there's a lot of guessing games going around and a lot of speculation right now as to when the election will actually be held. Now, by law, the elections must be held latest by January 9th next year. Okay, The president of the country, the president, must issue a writ of elections 44 days prior to the date of the actual, the, the actual date of the election, right? So what I'm saying is, is the elections writ must be issued 44 days prior to the actual date of the elections. Right? So if elections are to be held at its latest date, on January 9th, then the final day for the issuance 
of the election to it is November 26th this year, November 26th this year. But once the election read is issued, it is followed by 14 days candidate nomination period. Right, so the candidates, are, the, the political parties are given 14 days to nominate the candidates, and this is to be vetted by the Fiji Elections Office. So if there are any problems with any candidates, the political parties have enough time maybe to, you know, submit uh, different names or replacement candidates. Now, there is some speculation in Fiji that the election date is going to be November 30th because it seems like the most practical date if you want to have the elections within the 22, uh, within 22, uh, 2022. Now, if indeed November 30th is the election date, it means that the writ of election must be issued by October 17th. Now, that's, the, that's this coming Monday, right? But no one knows for sure. The Prime Minister is obviously keeping this one very close to his chest. Now, I was in Fiji for the last election. A lot has happened since then, not just with the pandemic. In other areas, there's been changes in party lines. Um, there's uh, the Although the front runners are the same, it's a very different political party landscape. What are some of the key election issues for Fiji? In my opinion, the major election issue, the major election issue in this election is the cost of living. You know, this is a major issue in most countries, in almost any country. And in Fiji, the poverty rate was nearly 30% in 2020. So Fiji is, you know, a mid-income, a mid-income level country. So 30% poverty level in 2020. So there's a lot of debate about poverty and cost of living at the moment. Now, the government is blaming COVID and unfavorable global conditions, while the opposition is claiming that the economy was in decline even before these adverse events. Uh, the other major issue, I believe, is the national debt. Now, usually, regular voters are more concerned about bread and butter issues, right? The national debt for the rank-and-file voters usually is not that much of a priority, but at nearly 80% of the GDP, Fiji's national debt is at unprecedented levels. And the opposition and challenger parties have made much of Fiji's debt situation. So it is likely that Fiji's debt situation is being discussed around cover sessions across the countries. Uh, the government blames the debt on COVID and again the adverse global situation, but the opposition is claiming that the government has been spending recklessly you know, since it took power. The third issue I would say is safety and security especially given Fiji's ethnic tensions and coup culture. And this, I believe, will be in the minds of many voters this election. I suppose the other issue is the voting age. The voting age in Fiji is 18, and the youth form a major voting bloc in Fiji. Right. So the issues that affect youth, for example, education and employment, would be the top priorities in this election. So the parties would be trying to woo young people to vote for them. So they might be prioritizing issues that affect our young people. Turning to the to the election candidates now, who are the front runners of this election? Will the status quo remain or are we likely to see a new government? Uh, now, earlier this year, the Western Force poll, this, was, this is the only political poll or popularity poll in the country. So the Western Force poll, 
was predicting that no single party would form government. In other words, a multi-party power-sharing arrangement was being predicted. But the Fiji Sun newspaper stopped the poll after the Attorney General questioned its methodology. And the Electoral Commission also found that the poll breached uh, opinion poll guidelines. Okay, so there's some discussion going on about this because the, this, this same poll was running in the 2014 and 2018 elections. Uh, no objections were raised back then. This is what the challenger parties are pointing out. But the concerns about the methodology cannot be dismissed out of hand. So what's happened is there's no longer any pre-election poll in Fiji. And uh, political scientist, Fijian political scientist, Professor Steve Ratuba, has described this as tragic for democracy. The absence of any opinion poll, pre-election opinion poll, Professor, Professor Steve Ratuba describes as tragic for democracy. Generally speaking, the ruling Fiji First Party has the advantage of incumbency, and it is still reckoned to be a force in this election. The general feeling is uh, that the challenger parties have their work cut out to topple Fiji First. Uh, this is even though Fiji First scored only a razor-thin ma uh, majority in 2018, 50.02% uh, compared to over 59% in 2014. Right? So that's a uh, decline in popularity of Fiji First. But for its supporters, Fiji First represents stability, continuity, and also progressiveness. Okay, in my opinion, I mean, what I've observed is that voters support Fiji First for its nation-building efforts and bold measures such as scrapping the ethnic-based voting system. Right? So this is the first time in history that the ethnic-based voting system is scrapped. Before at voting stations, at voting booths, you would see indigenous Fijians and Indo-Fijians in separate lines because you had to vote against ethnic lines. So this is one of the positive outcomes, I suppose, of Fiji First are saying of the new voting system. However, incumbency can be both a blessing and a curse. Uh, Fiji First has won two elections, yes, but it is accused of dictatorialism. The critics of Fiji First are saying they've been in power for too long, maybe, and uh, it is becoming authoritarian, authoritarian in its attitudes. So, you know, maybe voters feel it's time for a change. Uh, the 2018 election, if it's any guide, showed that Prime Minister Mbaini Marama was the country's most popular politician. His strongest rival in 2018, based on vote count, was the former PM, Sitiveni Rambuka. And these two are expected to go head-to-head -head again. Uh, the other two parties in parliament, the National Federation Party, led by Professor Biman Prasad and Sodelka, could retain their seats. They were, they were minority parties in parliament. And they could even play kingmaker in case of a hung parliament. Now, the, the challenger parties are not happy with some of the rules of the elections. Can you elaborate on that? I can elaborate on that. I just, I just have to be a bit careful commenting on the electoral system. Uh, this is because there is a new law against bringing disrepute to the Fiji Elections Office. Now, this is somewhat understandable. Uh, electoral system needs protection from undue criticism, especially in Fiji. You know, in the past, election outcomes were not accepted. 
ID, you know, by everyone in the country, and it's because of it we've had a coup culture. So while agreeing that, yes, the electoral system and the elections office need some protection, uh, the complaint is that the law is ill-defined. So even fair comment is risky. Right? So this is one of the grievances of the challenger parties. If you look at the smaller parties, they also feel disadvantaged by Fiji's don't electoral system. And this is because they need to meet the 5% threshold or 30,000 votes to even enter parliament. Right? So this is a big ask of the smaller political parties. And one of the weaknesses of the electoral system, as some see it, is that votes going to the smaller parties, which don't make it into parliament, are wasted votes. Okay, so the parties are also unhappy with the Electoral Act, Section 116, on sources of funding and details of expenditure of any proposed pledges or initiatives made to voters. If you are promising anything to voters as a candidate or as, an, or, or as a political party, if you are promising any kind of initiative or making any pledge to voters, you have to give a very detailed financial accounting of it. For example, where will you get the funding from and how will the funding be dispersed? How will it be used? Now, the government is saying this is necessary to prevent pie-in-the-sky promises, but the challenger party's complaint is too stringent. Right? They describe it as draconian. They describe this provision as draconian, especially the $50,000 fine and 10-year imprisonment for non-compliance. The challenger parties are claiming it's unlike anything in any democracy. Right? So this is one of the provisions the challenger parties are saying is affecting them from really reaching out to their voters with their ideas. Because everything, or almost everything financial, has to be accounted for. Uh, any, any concluding remarks? Okay, as of now, we have nearly 690,000 voters and 1,468 polling stations. That's as of today. We also have nine registered parties vying for the 55 seats at stake. Like many, I wish Fiji a safe and successful election. Thank you.